Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life. <laughs> it's Paper Tuesdays. Welcome back, guys. Yeah, you're well rested back. You had a holiday. I had a holiday back yesterday. I got arrived back Thursday night, late Thursday. Friday night. Friday night, yes. Janie <laughs> <laughs> um, Mac, um, it seemed like you had a ball. I had a ball, yeah. It was good, like, it wasn't... Um, a fun holiday, you know, like there was no water parks or excessive drinking or anything like that because it was just me and a pregnant lady. But we were offered drugs twice. I, oh. I was offered drugs twice while holding a pregnant lady's hand. Wow. Yeah. Weed and cocaine. Okay. By the, the lucky lucky men. Oh. One lad called us over. You had sunglasses, like shaking them. And we were like, no, thanks. He started walking closely and he was on Breed's side and he like leaned in really close. He's like, hey, you smoke? You guys smoke? He's like, I smoke weed. <laughs> 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 no, thanks. Man. Another time we were walking past an Irish bar and uh, one of the lucky lucky men comes out and uh, he goes, hey, hey, bro, you going, you going to the bub? And I was like, no, I don't think so. He goes, you guys want Charlie? You want Charlie? And I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> Like it was like five o'clock in the day, yeah, and uh, like a pregnant woman beside me, just yeah. me and her, and like they're out offering drugs, like tempted to use the bump, and <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> I have no idea, right? Oh, bump, I get it, <laughs> nice little joke there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but surely the police are onto this, like, yeah, they know that these men do this now. Tenerife, does it have a bit of a reputation of sorts? I wouldn't have thought so. Well, it's a party place. No, but is it kind of like the client, like, did you stand out as the more refined uh, clientele that were traveling to Tenerife? Um, everyone on the plane on the way over was at least 70. Oh, one right. person nearly died. They'd bring an oxygen <laughs> tank. <laughs> or they were like, because they sat up too fast. They were lying down across two chairs. She sat up too fast. And her and her husband both had to be wheelchaired off the plane, like just because they were so old. Because <laughs> originally he needed a wheelchair because he was too old and tired to walk onto the plane. So they had a wheelchair scheduled for him when we arrived. And then they had to get two scheduled because his wife sat up too fast. <laughs> and they were like that. They were like the average age of the people on the plane. They were all so old. Right. Uh, on the way back, it was sort of, no, on the way back, it was like a younger age group. Maybe because the older ones don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. And yeah, you say, oh, I didn't have a good time back. You went to a zoo oh. and you went on a catamaran and you saw whales for goodness a sake. A catamaran? How do you know what that is? I didn't know what it was. I thought that was the name of the boat. Oh. The catamaran. <laughs> is that? It's not. <laughs> no, like it's, it's a big type of a, of a flamboyant boat. Yes, I'd say. it's half a submarine, half a boat. We saw whales and Ooh. dolphins. You went in underneath, you couldn't see anything, it was just water, which was kind of pointless. But we saw a big whale, and we saw little oh. whales, oh. and the big whale done a whoosh out of its <laughs> horn, and <laughs> the, horn. <laughs> the dolphins done a few jumps, it was great. They told us we, on the announcement that we were going to be swimming in the sea, and I was excited for the whole time, I was like, oh, I gotta get the jump in the sea. <laughs> but that was for the other trip, they used the same announcement, I was on the shorter trip, the longer one, they get you to jump in the sea, so I didn't, I was disgusted. So I just got an ice cream and sat outside the set. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, the zoo was great though. Zoo. We went, uh, the zoos over there are like, you wouldn't get away with the shit they do over there in Ireland. 
like there was just monkeys and small cages and stuff and there was like that was the bad part but the fun part was i got to walk in a cage with lemurs oh. i got to walk through the cage and i went and i like there was like three lemurs at the very end of the cage and i went over and started talking to them and i started like flexing my muscles and putting my hand out to shake their hand you weren't, you weren't not supposed to touch them i wasn't going to touch them but then i went out like that to give them a fist bump and i was taking a photo of my fist while i was doing a fist bump and i wasn't really paying attention to the monkey and <laughs> i just realized that if that's probably an aggressive thing to do to a lemur is put your fist near its face and then i turned around and i was going to take a selfie with it and when i turned around i felt something jump on my backpack the lemur jumped on my back <laughs> To, like it would try to defend itself i suppose so then i screamed and ran out Fuck. i have a video of my reaction to the lemur jumping on my back oh, this would be great. Uh, but you can't actually see the lemur which is the worst part uh one second like you can't see the video but you couldn't see it either you just had to sense that okay <laughs> that's so you laughed yeah yeah because it wow. jumped on me okay here is said lemur that is throwback lemur's reaction is. that i wasn't paying attention okay, to yeah. that's king julian not looking too <laughs> impressed my gosh yeah and there was loads of shit like that there was like bald eagles america wow freedom they have a bit of everything yeah but that the symbol of freedom is tied to a very short chain that he can't fly away from but they let him out to fly around this big bird oh. show and these vultures fly straight over your head like they touch the wings touch your head and there's like no fucking rules over there they just don't care yeah. i was offered a, a swim with sea lions as well it still is fucking in like the 1960s over there Do you know like there's no woke people in tenerife not yet no <laughs> not yet no i was the first <laughs> i said do you fucking pigs know it's true you belong in the cage let the tortoises run the zoo <laughs> oh that's actually kind of related or going to take that and say i wanted to talk about change mark mm. so we've changed from those horror those horrible days in the 60s when you could jump in with sea lines and stuff yeah and walk with lemurs and we know we can't do that because the health and safety as we discussed on the patreon with young rory heffernan yeah but anyway change i he me moaning about not being able to get close and personal with animals well um let me sorry just found an email where someone said that they were disappointed uh, with me no, I didn't, didn't want that <laughs> oh i wanted to find this screenshot that i had about uh by her yuval noah harari mm. about change now yeah. mark you know this fella mm. he wrote a book and you read it and you loved it tell us about it oh what was the name of his book change or change uh humans or homo sapiens oh he wrote, he wrote that yeah mm -hmm. yeah homo sapiens it's called sapiens. very good book it's very detailed clearly took a very long time to write it just basically takes you from the start of human civilization to current civilization and then what the future might look like and how would you describe his approach to history and the book itself uh very practical as in he's very like matter of fact and here's he, he attached detaches his emotion from it so it's like this is what's happened this is kind of how we've got here and this is how this might happen in the future mm. as opposed to spinning his own narrative on it that he'd like to you know very like, interesting i could say we were monkeys and now we're becoming these sexless aliens up in the air right if because that's what i want <laughs> <laughs> but no it's good like what what's his thing well uh, yeah this kind of teases it up very nicely thank you in that um he did an article for the economist about the whole thing in the ukraine there and the russians getting a little bit excited oh, i only views. found out about this in mass yesterday 
Oh. Because yeah. the priest said that the baby doesn't care about the war in the Ukraine. Oh. Right. And then I was like, what war in the Ukraine? <laughs> <laughs> someone had to explain it to me afterwards as I was eating cake at the christening. Can we talk a little bit about this? So, But does Avian doesn't care now, but I think Avian should care in the future. Like, it, <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on here in the Ukraine. Right, go on. Look, oh, sorry, anyway, we'll go. Yeah, th this is kind of the premise of it. So, I don't know what will happen in the Ukraine, but as a historian, I do believe in the possibility of change. Okay, so I kind of mm -hmm. like this first sentence already because it's so, it shows that historian doesn't just, you know, spend their life in the past saying how great the past was or, you know, that this is uh, more broader than that. Mm. I don't think this is naivety. It is realism. Again, I like that. The only constant of human history is change. And that's something that perhaps we can learn from the Ukrainians. For many generations, the Ukrainians knew little but tyranny and violence. They endured two centuries. I should probably use my reading glasses for this. Can't see the board, miss. Can't see the phone, miss. <laughs> Harvey Specter. Or yeah. Harvey Dent. Who's Spider-Man? Tobey Maguire. Gavin Stamp was wearing a lovely pair of glasses in the church yesterday, so I said he looked like Clark Kent. Clark Kent, Clark Kent going up for a communion. <laughs> like Mick Wall in Matt's mode, go. <laughs> Actually, if, you're, if your second name is Wall, don't call your son Mick. Why not? Brick. It has to be Brick then. No. <laughs> Brick Wall. It sounds like Mick. Yeah, people are, if you call your son Mick Wall, right. people are going to call him Brick Wall. Okay. Onwards. Okay. Onwards. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he goes into the, like what happened in the, the Ukrainians that have lived through a terrible man-made famine of the Holodorma, uh, Stalinist terror, Nazi, Nazi occupation, and decades of soul-crushing communist dictatorship. I do like that expression. When the Soviet Union collapsed, history seemed to guarantee that Ukrainians would again go down the path of brut brutal tyranny. What else did they know? But they chose differently. Despite history, despite grinding poverty, and despite seemingly insurmountable obstacles, Ukrainians established a democracy. In Ukraine, unlike in Russia and Belarus, opposition candidates repeatedly replaced incumbents. When faced with the threat of autocracy in 04 and 13, Ukrainians twice rose in revolt to defend their freedom. Their democracy is a new thing. So is the new peace. Both are fragile and may not last long, but both are possible and may strike deep roots. Every old thing was once new. It all comes down to human choices. Right. What a lovely piece of writing. Very nice, but what did he mean? Well, he means that... Well, what does he mean? That's a good question. Well, like, that... They've see, defended their democracy before and they'll do it again, basically. Yeah, but... Yeah. But I think what he's revealing is that while... We still don't know if Russia's going to invade Ukraine. Mm. Now, there's still, like, obviously with the U US telling people to get out immediately, that kind of doesn't bode well, you mm. know. They're not saying it's because of a rainstorm or whatever. Mm. But um, I think it's to do with the choices that, like, are going to come become apparent in international diplomacy between Biden and Putin. But that's that's rather conjecture. What the the route I wanted to go with this, because that's rather high level, is because I think we can extend Harari's argument and say that even our personal choices have some sort of effect in the broader state of play. Yeah. Now how how one can envisage that is difficult but I, I one personal example that I want to try and throw into this mix that is going a little bit 
Let's just stay with me anyway, right? Uh-huh. Ashling Murphy's murder. Grotesque. Horrible. Hit the nation felt really sad as a result. Yeah. And it was so horrible that we had a lot of commentary and people saying in response that, that we need to change as a society how we treat women. And a lot of a lot of difficulty, but not a lot of fresh answers because of the rawness of the emotion evoked by the murder. Well, if that if that's the case, then the sum of our individual efforts efforts does add up to something. By if we assume that we should do more to prevent an atrocity like Ashley Murphy's murder occurring, yeah. So, in the same sense, then it's the human choices to take peace in our own homes against, like, instead of just keep um, maybe let conflict rumble on, or maybe to to invest in human connection rather than um, to pursue consume meaningless activity, well, maybe that will add up to something more than, something more meaningful than the Russians in the power game to, to invade against the Ukraine and to, to extend it, their reach in a power grab. Right. Is this a little bit too tenuous for you, Mark? Kind of, well, look, right, so, by me choosing the right things, is that going to stop Russia from invading the Ukraine? I don't know. By me buying an extra flower for my girlfriend on Valentine's Day? Is, is that going to stop Russia invading the Ukraine? See, I don't know. Like, I... Before I would have thought, sure, it, it's meaningless. But what if it is... If it all comes down to human choices, well, then, is it only human choices between our leaders? Mm. Where Where's the line? Yeah. Well, see, do we have we don't have the power to stop the Ukraine invading Russia or Russia invading the Ukraine. Full stop. Full stop. Okay. How do you think you can? I don't know. I don't know. But like, I was I was left on I was left hanging on this article, and I thought, well, it has to be deeper than that. If 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 it comes down to human choices, mm. it, it, we can't be looking at it. I don't think it makes sense to look at it from a narrow strata where it's just. Like it's it, uh, no, it, it probably it might be tenuous, but I just wanted to open it up into the idea of change, both in our personal lives and how that might extend into the broader institutions of democracy and countries as a whole. Yeah, it's like what Jordan Peterson says about being a node in a network. That mm. through you know probably about a thousand people, which means that the person next to you also knows about a thousand people, so that puts you one away from 10,000 people. And I think he said, like, you're five people away from reaching a billion people with your actions because your actions spread outwards, which kind of is makes sense in regards to what you're saying. But uh, I think you could also drive yourself insane if I think I'm responsible for trying to stop Russia invading the Ukraine. Mm. But see, that, that, what you say there, does that assume that that all change is bad? Like, if, if Russia invades Ukraine, and that doesn't mean that we go back to scratch and choices still don't matter. Mm. I'm, I'm just kind of throwing it out there. But um, this kind of brings us to another area of change, when that change can be quite difficult for us. Yeah. Like, it would be, it, it can provoke a lot of anxiety. And, like, to think that 
and I couldn't remember exactly how I was going to try and link it to what you said, but um, to think that change can can happen and that we don't have control over it uh, mm. can be quite difficult, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I think you sort of need to let go of that because change is going to happen regardless. Mm. Change happens constantly. Like, I didn't uh, think I'd be here expecting a baby two years ago. If you'd said that to me, now you'd be back home and you'd be having a baby in a few months. Mm. I would have not believed you. Like So now I can't say that I know exactly what my life's going to be like in two years or you know what your life's going to be like in two years. That no one does. But uh, this kind of remind me of, I listened to, did you listen to Tim Ferriss's podcast? He put up an excerpt of an audiobook, um, Cosmic Insignificance Theory. Oh, right, no. Which is very good. It's a 20 minute podcast on yeah. uh, Tim Ferriss release, but it's actually not him. It's a book he read. He reached out to the author, asked, could he release that chapter of the audiobook on his podcast just because he found it so impactful. And I listened to it on the flight on the way back, and it's very good. It kind of is an instant relief of anxiety that kind of lasts for a while. I, I've still kind of stuck with me. I don't know, something about the way it's written kind of sticks. But it's just basically about how the universe doesn't give a fuck about you and how long the universe has been here as opposed to how long have people have been here and how we're basically just a flash of a pan and nothing you do in your life actually matters. Because we spend all of our lives chasing goals, trying to achieve this, trying to be the best thing at this, whereas it's highly unlikely you're actually going to be the best thing at it. And even if you are the best thing at one particular thing, in 100 years it's all going to be completely forgotten anyway. So you might as well just enjoy each day and just be glad to be here, rather than thinking I'm not good enough, well, I'll be good when I'm here, when I'm here, when I'm here. Just kind of completely washes all that. So it's worth listening to because it's just a refreshing sort of perspective because nowadays we're all sold that like we're not good enough. You need this thing to be good enough. You need to achieve this thing to be good enough and then you'll be happy, but you never are. So it's just kind of just enjoy the life you've been given as opposed to trying to be somewhere else as opposed to where you are now. Because I mean, the way he kind of explains it is so interesting because he's like, humans have been around for basically 6,000 years give or take so when you look at it, like and throughout civilization like they say that the time like the life your life like people say it's like 40 years of max life span now it's gone up to like 100 but there are cases i think in each generation of people living to 100 so if you take that back we're only five lifetimes ago was when king henry the eighth was around okay and then so if you go all the way back it's only about i think it's either 60 or 600 but either way it's not a lot since the very first humans see either 60 or 6 you'd have to listen to it because i can't remember exactly but it's a very short amount of lifetimes humans have actually existed as opposed to how long the universe has existed so that's all been here throughout all like forever and it'll always be that way and the humans are going to be gone in a flash like the dinosaurs were yeah. and then it's going to continue on after way way after us and no one's ever going to give a fuck that we were here it's never going to matter in the grand scheme of things okay it's never going to matter, right? Yeah. But, like, you know the way, the same way, you know, the Eastern philosophy is all, you know, yin and yang, and it is, or what is good also has negative, and the, the, the duality of everything, I think, is the expression. But yeah. um, I think in the same way, I'd say that, like, while nothing might matter, everything also matters. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I've started leaning into this and it, it actually i think leads to a little bit more productivity right. so why because everything ma doesn't matter and life is a game and mm. you know because that's the case then 
if the more we take responsibility and actually treat everything as if it mattered mm. totally yeah. and treat every little task with the same respect, the sum of it is worth it. Like it, I think that's another motif of Peterson, all right. Yeah. That like everything you do matters. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. That, but that's what makes the game more engaging. I think mm. is to have responsibility. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. That that article actually came from Hart Ferris's um Five Bullet Workweek, and he actually had there was a lovely little quote from Camus Albert Camus. Have you ever heard of that lad? No. He's a very he was a very interesting uh, intellectual who um, died quite young. Uh, where is he now? The realization that life is absurd cannot be an end but only a beginning. Right. Like when you realize that, you know, life is absurd by the nature of what you've outlined, you know, that mm. we're just a, a blot in this little whole universe, whatever it is. Yeah. That. That could be the beginning for just pursuing what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's freeing. Yeah, freeing. Yes. Yeah. That's a nice expression. Um, do you have any other thoughts? Change. Oh. Surely the thoughts of uh, your loving girlfriend, uh, Brie Brown, and the change that is in going through her body is uh, yeah. a sight in itself. Yeah, it started kicking and all now. Wow. Very strange. What so do you like, do? Do you listen to it or do you? No, I can't really hear. If I put my like ear to it, I can just hear like breeds intestines so <laughs> i tend not to do that um, <laughs> it, uh, yeah so if i lean on her a certain way the the baby will feel me there and start kicking where like say it's my forearm or something it'll start kicking my forearm or my elbow wherever i am because wow. it'll know i'm there apparently you can hear my voice now so it, re it registers my voice when i talk to it and that's how like when the baby's born it'll know who i am it because of my voice like there's instances of like a baby's born and it's like <clears throat> with the mother or with the doctor or something it'll hear the father talking in the background and it'll turn over to like face it because it recognize registers the voice yeah it's weird i haven't seen the kicking around like that yet but that happens soon enough and I, I i find that a bit weird like it's like men in black you know something inside <laughs> trying to climb out but yeah it can hear it can like feel it can move its hands and fingers it's like a, it's a, a human being is in there like it's so strange to think about you should try it <laughs> next week on Patreon <laughs> watch the conception on our Patreon <laughs> for just four euros <laughs> no this is a call to action now Subscribe to the Patreon. We have new content there every week. Yeah, we've done a lot of work there with the old um, the video footage uh, that was captured thanks to director and uh, Connor Moore and our producer Shane Halpin and the video man uh, Sean Porter. And anyway, there's great footage footage there, and it's all for just four euro for the price of a good coffee, a yeah. good one, not a poor coffee, yeah. but a good coffee. And you'll be getting episodes every week on exclusive behind the scenes topics yeah. and footage. Things that have been burning Mark's mind and he just can't say in the public forum and he just, you know, he vents it. Yeah. That it? yeah. Yeah. So that'll be once a week. Yeah. Four euro. Yeah. Please, my baby needs shoes. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> we'll put that on a tagline. Yeah. Um, so, babies. Four euro. No, not four euro. <laughs> babies. Um, breed. Listening. Yes, music. Okay. Um, did you, I don't know any of this research, but uh, apparently 
the music that you and Breed listen to now, yeah, uh, the, that will resonate with the child in later years. Yeah, I maybe really love 90 Day Fiance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what it's ever on. It'll think big heads. Yeah, it'll. <laughs> yeah, it's like that with uh, Brendan's daughter, Avian. Like, they played her um, songs from Moana when she was still in. Like uh, before she was born, and she loves Moana. Like she like Borg could tell that she was enjoying the music. Like when she was before she was born, and now she loves Moana. Like still, that's in real, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, my mother, I don't know why, because she wouldn't listen to music that much. But when she was pregnant with me, she listened to Mary Black and the Boon and Saint Christopher. Yeah. And uh, when I was studying for my leaving cert, she came into the kitchen to hear me. Uh, listening to Mary Black, The Moon and Sacred. No way. That's and it's so a very weird. interesting song because the song actually describes motherhood and the relationship. So it was just a unusual thing. It's very strange. So mm. maybe you subconsciously had registered that in a time of extreme stress that this would That's calm me back interesting. down. So on some sort of level. I hadn't even thought of that perspective, you know, that it was even sort of like, and it was like the war zone or whatever. But yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Mary Black, yeah, I'll never forget. I was on the way to... I must have been thinking along these lines lately, and I was on the way to. Um, I remember I was going to under eight or under ten training when I was, on, and I remember hearing "Fields of Gold" by Mary Black, and like it's a really unusual song, like "Fields of Gold." Yeah. And I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, I've never seen heard something as amazing in my life," and like I was only a child, like I should have been. Hey Google, to... play "Fields of Gold." <laughs> Fields of Gold by Sting. No, yeah. Well, it's the same one. Yeah. But it was the Mary going. Black version. And... Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe you have it in here. This is it, is it? This is Sting. So Mary Black robbed it. Mary Black Sting. robbed it from Sting, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. Sting does all the tantric sex stuff. Wow. Yeah. So I was into tantric sex when I was eight. <laughs> maybe that's Speaking it. Speaking of which, there's a whole thing at the moment. This would be lovely. Well, obviously, this is uh, uh, disturbing, but anyway, uh, child. Professor, yeah, we'll just we'll just so, sit with this. Let it all hang out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a nice song. Fields yeah. Gold. Yes. Um, so there's oh, that's not available in my region. Uh, there's. This is like the whole song. I can please hold. There's a college professor that has argued that adult child sex is not always wrong. Oh, I heard about this. Sting, stop. <laughs> hey, Google, stop. It's crazy. Yeah, State... we can't really play that while we no, talk about no. this. <laughs> State University of New York uh, professor has questioned whether paedophilia was, in fact, unethical. Uh, he teaches libertarian philosophy and uh, he discussed sexu- sexual taboos. Imagine that Natalie. This male. is an NU, NYU professor, is it? Yeah, is yeah. that a well regarded university? I assume yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Feck off, Jenny yeah. Mac. Did you hear about this on Tim Dillon's podcast? Yes. Yeah, I listened to it on the plane on the way over. <laughs> and oh, he's on fire at the moment. Nutella. And all those Nutellers. Jenny <laughs> Mac. Sorry, you're going to have to go and listen to it to understand that. I think. It's so good. Yeah, we're. we're um, anyway, but, go on, we sorry. can talk about this professor. On Tim Dillon. Uh, the professor. No, go on. Well, I don't know, like, the professor is just, like, a bit grotesque. Like, it's it's gross. Like, but it is funny that, like, I think only the week before, Tim Dillon was saying how... Oh, right. Actually, no, I see a clip here that says it gets worse. Much worse. Oh. And I'm just going to play that, if that's... Yeah? <laughs> if it wants to play. 
phone. No. Anyway. No, it's okay. Well, there's oh, a couple okay. things to say here. One is, even if you are looking for a threshold, let's say there's a threshold. I'm making this number up, but let's say it's at age eight. Um, still, that tells you that some adult child sex is permissible. Second, the notion that it's wrong even with a one-year-old is not quite obvious to me. There are reports in some cultures of grandmothers fellating their uh, baby boys to calm them down when they're going now, I don't know if this is true, but this, this is sort of widely reported as occurring in, in, in at least one culture. And it, it working, that the grandmas believe, believe this actually works. If this were to be true, and again, I don't know it to be true. If it were to be true, it's hard to see what would be wrong with it. So, yeah, I, I guess I think, no, I, I don't think there's a blanket period beyond which this is permissible. If we're interested in willing participation, which is the way I structured it, then yeah, there's a, there's a point below which people aren't willing participants in anything because they don't have intentions or they don't have the sort of mental states that allow for willing participation. But no, I, I don't. I don't think it's blanket wrong at any age. Oh fuck this guy! I was all like going to say like, look, like this is disgusting, and like uh, you know, we we have natural repulsions maybe towards incest and this I think. And then he goes at the end, like, just what he said there the last three seconds, just kind of, no, I don't think it's wrong at any age. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. It just shows that, like, if you are um, intelligent enough, you can spin anything to sound, you can fit any narrative you want if you have the vocabulary to do so. So okay. just because somebody has big words and is able to argue a point doesn't mean it's correct. Yeah. Um, did you hear the thing about Substack? Substack? No. Oh, you have to. Oh, it's hilarious. Tim didn't, he's very good at like, you know the way you would buy her how like he's just so open and frank and when he went on the rant about his aunt and he oh. just he did not hold back one jot. Yeah, yeah. Like he called her every name of his son for 20 minutes. It was <laughs> but hilarious. like it wasn't just names, it was like calling her out on her drug addictions, her failed business. Yeah. But he called you have a fake business <laughs> that you run from your bedroom in your mother's house. <laughs> we all know those cups are I mean fucking nothing. You can get all the logo cups you want, you stupid bitch. <laughs> well, he goes off on one about how <laughs> I, I can't believe he got away with this, but like he paused at the start, he's like, I don't know if we can talk about this. And then launched into a 10 minute tirade how he had just come from a lunch, a business lunch with Substack. And Substack were saying, So close your YouTube, close your Patreon, come to us for free. We, we're not going to pay you. But Substack is great. And he was just, he was going off a bun because like it was just such a farcical proposal or whatever. Yeah. But, um, he just, he just had a ball with them. Like he said, we should keep talking. And he just stood up and left me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, he's very, he's very funny. Like, like the things he comes out with. He had me in stitches yesterday. He says, we need to find a new Jordan Peterson. Because, you know, we've got, he's great, you know, books, brilliant, lectures, class, you know, coming out with farcical statements and all. And um, then... Yeah, it's just that we need, it's time for a new one. Yeah, we a need new, a new professor. I've seen and it made me think, is this sad trying to bid for that? Like, <laughs> Tim Dillon? Oh, this fella? This, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the way he's portrayed it as well. We need someone like in some, some university, not a big one, but like a medium one. And like for him to be videos of him being rocked around by, by um, certain 
by a group of students like in their in his car and stuff you know, <laughs> <laughs> for this to set it off that's like, basically what it was though jordan peterson wasn't it you would be in like like mobbed outside of his universities and like you don't recognize my right to be called this or that and he's like i do i just oppose this bill what was the bill it was like c19 i think but it was it meant he would have to refer to certain people in with using certain terms. I think that was the whole premise of it. Yeah, and he was like, you're not going to, it's my language, I'll use it how I want. Exactly. So he could have got arrested, could he, for misgendering someone? Or oh, was that? that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. That's the truth. Um, yeah, I think it was coming down to pronouns and that sort of thing, yeah. But how does but, Tim Dillon not get cancelled? Like he was even saying in his ass box, like, what do I have to do to get what Joe Rogan is getting right now? How do I get that kind of attention? I've been trying my whole life to get this kind of attention. How do I get talked about on CNN? What do I have to say? I'll support this and that. <laughs> We're very good at listening to all this and Nutella and Everton. And we, we just we just say, and this and that. And, you know, <laughs> we tidily deal with all these things. So yeah, going over to Tim Dillon and he's in he's in the Olympia on Saturday, the 2nd of April. You still get tickets for the half 10 show. By oh. the way, I didn't mention that bit to you. No. We have to go late at night to him. It's oh, only the half 10 show. We can do it. It's a Saturday. You're going to breach your bread time for breach, us? Breach bed time. Wow. It's a Saturday, is it? It's on a Saturday. Oh, I can do that then. Yeah, that's fantastic. Fine. That's great. Um, what else about change? I was thinking about Russia. Has Russia changed? I don't so know. So Russia's plan is to take over the Ukraine, is it? Yeah, but I don't know if the plan extends much more than that. It was a bit <laughs> like when they did the trial runs. Like there was a little bit. Of, there was a commentary. One analyst. Jeez, I'm talking a lot today. Uh, there was one analyst that said um, that the Russians, when they were doing the trials in the Atlantic. Um, you know that they were going to schedule and then the fishermen stepped up and fought Ireland's cause. Yeah. They didn't actually know, the Russians didn't actually understand the, the repercussions of what they were actually going to do. Right. That because they were actually going to be doing it over oil or something, so it could have actually ended nastily. So they kind of withdrew, but like they weren't, it wasn't a fully thought through experiment. And in the same sense, Mark, I'm saying that Ukraine might not be fully thought through either beyond what the extension is. So Putin doesn't have a clue what he's doing. That's, I'm calling out Pew. You should do it. You'll take over the Ukraine. You'll do, you'll do a proper job of it. <laughs> proper job. We'll go in. So here, I'm just going to piece together what's going on here, right? An exclusive. Russia is going to take over the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. They were building this thing on the other side of Ireland to keep an eye on America. He said, you stay over there while I do this. I take over the Ukraine. Do you understand me? Okay, right. So right. if we have this uh, piece of opalite okay. is Russia. Okay. This piece of pink is the USA. This that. is their base. Okay. Sorry, there's a coffee in the way. This is the base. The base. The base they built off the coast of Cork or Kerry or somewhere. Did they build a base? That was the where the fishermen. Oh no, they were going to carry out training exercises. They were building a base. They were building a base. <laughs> a base here to keep an eye on America. So if any planes try to come over to stop them taking over Ukraine, they're going to shoot rockets. So oh, all right, okay. So this is what's going on. Jesus, could we have you for the fucking? Oh yeah, he thought oh. it through anyway. Yep. No, I take it back about Putin. Yep. He knows what he's at. Over the shame with the weather. <laughs> <laughs> so any Russian, there's stuff going on there. Yeah. Uh, societal, yeah, we kind of discussed that. Bump. Coffee, yeah. Mm. So uh, maybe that's why I'm a little bit talkative today. Um, I'm back drinking oh, coffee. Oh, you're allowed. I'm the allowed. Magic lady I said we can have coffee again. Exactly. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? <laughs> it actually said you're healed. She said, uh, I can drink coffee, whatever. So I your left arm went up 35 degrees today. <laughs> so you can have coffee. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> so that, okay, stay tuned to next week. Yeah, I don't know. But you know. So how did you get... Tell us about your last encounter with the mystic. Mystic. Um, what is she called? Right? An ethnobiologist? A kinesiologist. Okay. Kinesiologist. Yeah. She was a CNM2 in uh, in uh, hospital, St. James's. Oh. And she's given that up now What's for this. What's CNM2? A clinical nurse manager, second grade. Oh. So, like, she's second... She's a manager. Yeah. Nursing manager. But she left the job because of kinesiology. Right. She has enough clients now to do justify it. Um, did I find... I, it's something that I recommend for everyone to do once in their life. Right. Uh, I didn't find it as beneficial as the first time. That's okay. I'm, it was like me going for a spa treatment. Yeah. That's how I describe it. Right. Uh, is that come up this time or that you didn't have last time? Um, just that she recommended some things for energy. Um, but that's... Sure, look. Magnesium and adrenal, adrenal liquids. Right. Uh, so little. Have you been taking the nitric oxide? Nitric oxide. Yeah. yeah. But, and I told her to take it. She said that I, she didn't take any of it and the wild yam. And to be honest, nitric oxide I think was increasing my circulation a bit too much. Boners. Boners. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, nitric oxide? What was the brand? It was Letenanine. Letenanine. Yeah. Have you, are you still reading the book or? Yeah. Uh, no, I've kind of saw methanonine, an antibiotic, eliminates no, bacteria uh, that cause UTIs. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was, oh, one second, I, um, one second now, I'll try and find it. Um, not really coming up, is it? Was it L citrulline? No, it was definitely Latianine. Uh, Latianine. That's yeah. the brand, or that's what you were taking? Yeah, I was taking that, and no, that's like the supplement or something. Um, L theanine. Yeah, but it's not coming up here now when I try. Is it L hyphen theanine? Yeah, I yeah. think that's it. But um, L theanine. Sorry, uh, this is not great. Uh, That'd be a, a precursor to nitric oxide. And L-citrulline yeah. is also a precursor, but I reckon L-citrulline is the better one. Oh. It's more bioavailable. I take it. Actually, I don't. I take oh. it in a pre-workout, but apparently it's very good, uh, very effective. Because... Uh, well, that might be better. Yeah. So what... Sure, you might take, take it later. Yeah. Well, actually, Gro couldn't ask me what supplements you take, and I said, yeah, I imagine he takes a good few. And I say you do. A lot. Yeah. yeah. So give us your shopping list. Okay. So in the morning, I take... Tonkat Ali, Fidoja Aggressus, Vitamin D, Fish Oil, um, Turkesterone is a new one. That's an a insect hormone, which uh, is, it's not a steroid. It's, you can buy it in supplement shops. It's, I don't know, it's kind of up in the air whether it works or not, but I'm using that myself. I notice it could be placebo, but I do feel like I recover better. I've, my lifts have gone up. Could be placebo, could be side effect of other stuff I'm doing. Uh, what else? I take creatine. Uh, whey is in a supplement, it's a food, but I take that as well. Uh, what else do I take? At night I take magnesium L3 and 8 to help me sleep. I find that's the best magnesium. You can get different magnesiums. Uh, one is actually a, what's it called? Laxative. It makes laxative. Yeah, yes. Like I did I? Yeah, one's a laxative, so I took the wrong one before. But L3 and 8 is the best one you can get for sleep. That's kind of it. I've started taking pre-workouts again. 
just because I found a very good pre-workout that is like properly dosed and all. It's more expensive. Is it the Optimum Nutrition one? No, it's um, Gorilla Mode from your man Derek, More Plates, More Dates. He had like released an hour long video of why he puts what he puts in it and how the other stuff is underdosed and like half dosed so they can sell it, make it for cheaper. His costs 60 euro because it costs him a lot more to make because it's properly dosed. So I take that, I find it good. Other than that, it's just caffeine and stuff. But I do, yeah, I probably take more supplements than the average person. Before I do a podcast, I take Alpha Brain. Mm. Particularly today, because I was drinking last night, so I took three. I also took DMAE powder, which is, oh. I bought off supplement or bulk powders. It's uh, It used to be used as a medicine for ADD, but now they use Ritalin for it. But they found that this stuff is just as effective as it. It just helps me concentrate, so I use that. How often do you take this? I haven't taken it in a long time. I just oh. took it today because I remembered I had it. Oh. And I was feeling a bit groggy when I woke up. So I said mm. I'd take it. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Any other thoughts on change, Mark Halpin? Change is the breath of life, of course. That's the old saying from the Irish. Um, and I was going to tell you a little bit about, I was going to look up uh, the philosophy um, of change. There's a good bit on it there. Um, a lot to do with the Buddhism. They're big into uh, the thought on change and impermanence, mm. also known as the philosophical problem of change. Mm. Um, would you be? Would you have been exposed to any of this in the past? Mm, no. Okay. Um, it's also oh, that's interesting. In Western philosophy, the concept of change is also referred to as becoming. Right. Mm. Western or Eastern philosophy? Western, it says. Right. Yeah. Um, makes sense. It does. Yeah. Um, it's about the conditioned existence without exception it's transient event oh, I don't know what that word means and inconstant inconstant um, how have you inconstant <laughs> how have you dealt with change in the past Mark and uh, the big any big moments of change that stand out in your life obviously Australia is a big one mm, yeah travel uh, is a big one uh, yeah you just have to kind of roll with it I think you, you can try fight it all you want. I think you're just making things harder for yourself. You try to fight change. How do you deal with um, surrender? And you said, uh, did you mention surrender earlier? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. Oh, do you, the, do you agree with, like, do you practice any forms of surrender? Like just in mantras to what you say to yourself or anything like cold that? Showers. Cold showers. Cold showers is your version of surrender, yeah? Or to exercise, the cold. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to... Surrender to the uncomfortable, I suppose. So you use the physical experience to transmute your mental thoughts and yes. reflections. Yeah. Mm. That's a very fancy way of putting transmute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. Shane, I haven't let you in a whole lot today. Any thoughts on what we've discussed? Uh, no, I haven't had much input because I am also hungover. <laughs> so I'm happy enough here to sit back and listen. I. It's amazing how many times. Maybe it's just grow cold, but yesterday I had breakfast with grow cold, and he goes. On your stag, will we? What would you? Would you drink this like awful concoction of all alcohol? <laughs> and I said, Yeah, okay, I do that. But <laughs> it's the whole thing. Grod, I people don't understand that. Like, I have zero appeal for alcohol, mm, and yeah. I don't know. Now maybe that is a bit strange. Like, okay, look, I'm open to that. That's me. I'm hanging it out. Yeah, right. It's yeah. out there, guys. <laughs> and um, but I just find it fascinating because I'm there almost in the dark with. Because I don't, I've never 
really wanted to drink. Only if I was in a place and someone said something absolutely stupid and I just said, no, give me that something now. <laughs> yeah. I think that might happen once, but that was all. But then, yeah. Yeah, it's not what people make it out to be. Yeah, well, like, but like, Shane, you, you, you enjoy it. It's part of a human experience, like, but like, I actually, do you know what? Mm. I said, uh, I was in the swimming pool in the Ashdown then, mm. and Grode in transition year did this thing where he did, he swam two lengths. When he was in transition year, he was able to swim two lengths totally underwater without breathing, coming up for air. Yeah. And I did it once and I was able to get three quarters of a length. Mm. And that for me now, that was as good of an intoxicant. Really? Because you could feel a bit fuzzy in the head and I thought, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, this is great, yeah. you know. So that's, yeah. But then, like, I don't get the moment where I can be enjoying a song and I can still have the creative capacity to take a photo of Jim French <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> yes. You know, like, that's, that's, that's joy, that's human, that's life, you know. Get out and live it. Putin, go to French's. <laughs> It'll solve a lot of your problems. Not France. Franches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, any other talk? Oh yeah, and then on change, no man ever steps in the same river twice. Mm, for he is not the same man and it's not the same river. Mm. A nice way to end it. Mm. Goodbye. Hey Google, play the Star of County Down. <laughs> <laughs> Star oh. of County Down by the High Kings. Playing on Spotify. Yeah. Okay lads, we'll see you next week. Thanks very much for tuning in. We've been Paper Tuesdays. Go to our Patreon, sign up, four euro a month is absolutely nothing for an extra free podcast with all the dirty stuff. If you want the dirty stuff, we'll look at that as well. Michael's Conception next week. <laughs> Goodbye! <laughs>